Should I fear Oh, the evidence is here Is it evident in your life? Why don't you go ahead and be seated, would you? Gary and Griffin, could you guys help me out? Jamie and Angel, can I get y'all's microphones? Well, you guys just, I'm going to do something a little different this morning, all right? Everybody okay with a little different? I, I want, you know, John writes in Revelation that we shall overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is the blood of Jesus, and by the word of our testimony. So I'd like maybe three or four of you just to share a quick testimony of God's goodness, of God's goodness all over your life. So think about it for just a second. How has God's goodness been evident in your life? I mean, songs like this just tear me up anymore. Start talking, singing about God's faithfulness. What I want you guys to do, if you want to share, I want you just to stand. Okay, if you're going to share, go ahead and stand. And I'm going to start calling people out if somebody don't stand because y'all going to make me look bad here. And Griffin, if you would come to this side and if you guys just take the microphone, that way people who are watching on live stream can hear and we can hear, okay? So go ahead and stand if you want to share. So we're ready. Rita's up there. Angel, go ahead, Sherry. Jerry, I think you fell Thanksgiving weekend on Sunday on your way to church because I was on vacation. And when I called and talked to Sherry, she told me about all the appointments that she had with doctors and with specialists. And she was getting in to see specialists with like an hour notice. And if you've gone to a specialist with medical issues, you don't get to see them that quick. But everybody had an opening and, and God provides. He's faithful to look after us, even in those details. I told Sherry then it was going to be her testimony to share, so I've been sitting on it for two months, so I'm glad you finally shared because God is, though you're still hurting and we're praying for God to continue to heal and restore, but she's got lots of, talk to her more in person and let her just go through the list of testimony of God's faithfulness. Rita, just hold the microphone up there, yeah, that way we can hear you good. Man. Yeah. It has brought us to 
Amen. Been there with you every step of the way. Praise God. Thank you, Rita. Angel. Well, me, like a lot of us, um, I was coming down with the healing for about two and a half, two and a half months. And it was, it was rough, just like it was for a lot of us here. But, but his goodness is not, not only did he heal us, but for me personally, just, he has just renewed in me with my daily Bible reading that, and, and it may be part of a conviction too, is that for me, I just need to do better. Do better this do better this year in all areas, ministerially, you know, financially, socially, relationship wise, you know, I just need to do better. And that's a conviction for me, but it's also his blessing on me by showing me how and where I can do better this year. Amen. Amen. God's faithful even when we're not. Amen. Because none of us have been faithful 100% of the time. Anybody else, before they turn the mics in? Going, going. God's been faithful, amen? Okay. Ellen? <laughs> this is Ellen, for those who haven't met Robert and Ellen. Ellen and my husband Robert, we've been coming for a couple of weeks, and we just want to say that we feel very at home here, and we really love being here. Um, Robert and I were in a severe car accident about nine years ago, and I'm not supposed to be standing here right now. Amen. I'm not supposed to be here. Shattered femurs, I got broken toes, messed up back. Two shoulders already had a hip and knee. I need another knee, another hip. But you know what? God's got this. I'm gonna keep on going until I can't go. Amen. Amen. Thank you for making this feel so. Amen. Amen. Give them all a hand, would you? Ellen, I think you just covered two of my four sermon points. So you know, thank you. (laughs) Guys, y'all, if y'all take those microphones back to the sound booth, I'd appreciate it. Thanks, Gary and Griffin, for your help. Hey, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your incredible faithfulness. Lord, uh, God, I pray that you would compel each one of us to take a few minutes today and reflect back on our lives and see your faithfulness in our hearts and our lives. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to take pause and remember and reflect on those things that you've done. Because, Lord, when we look back at what you've done in our lives Lord, it gives us confidence as we move forward in our walk with you. Lord, I thank you for leading, for guiding, for providing. Lord, I thank you for the miracles, the testimonies of your grace each one of us are. Lord, as Peter writes, we're trophies of your grace. And Lord, I I thank you for your work in each one of our hearts and lives. Lord, today as we pray, I pray for all those among our church family who are sick. Lord, that you would bring healing and health and restoration and provision. Lord, for all of us here in this building, for those watching online, for those who will watch in the hours and days to come. Lord, I pray that you would touch each one of our bodies and give us healing and health and wholeness in every part of our being, Lord, in our spirit, soul. Uh, Lord, in our body and every part of our being, just make us whole and make us well. Lord, again, I thank you for your great faithfulness. Thank you for your amazing love. And Lord, thank you for being here with us and for touching us and giving us all that we have need of from you today in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. You know what, guys? I'm throwing a few curveballs today. Ron, since you're standing, on my desk is a stack of folders. If you would go get those, because we'll get a couple of you to pass them out in a little bit. But if you'd go ahead and grab those, our ushers are going to prepare to receive our tithe and offering. And then I just want to share a couple of updates with you couple of quick announcements, a couple of updates of things that are going on with people who are part of our church family. Uh, Lord Jesus, again, thank you for the privilege of being a part of your kingdom work. Lord, thank you for the privilege of, of giving. Thank you for your blessings in our lives. And Lord, just continue to help us 
as we seek to partner with you in your work in the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're visiting with us today, we welcome you. It's great to have you here with us. Uh, Today's going to be a little different kind of a service. Um, our Foursquare structure, uh, we're supposed to have a, an annual meeting, but our business meeting's a lot different than a lot of other churches. There's not going to be anything to vote on other than ratifying three new council members. Uh, But there's a lot of things that are going to go on this morning. In a few minutes, you're going to hear from uh, several of our council members about what they sense God is speaking to their hearts in the season of our church. And I've got a very short sermon that I'm going to share, but just a couple of quick updates. Uh, Mrs. Gamender, who is our senior most uh, member of our congregation, 96 years old, she and her husband has lived a lifetime of ministry. Mrs. Gamender uh, had to go to the hospital shortly after Christmas with some heartbeat irregularities. While she was there, they found out she had COVID, along with uh, 20 homes that were in households that were impacted from our church during that time. But uh, Mrs. Gamender's been in and out of the hospital a couple of times with the heart issues. So she's home again. So just continue to pray for Mrs. Gamender, that God would strengthen her. She loves Jesus. And I tell you, if she was here this morning, she'd have been the first one to stand up and testify about God's faithfulness. Uh, Rusty Morgan is still recuperating from his surgery and the stroke. Uh, I think Rusty's watching online today. So continue to pray for Rusty. Continue to pray for Joan as Rusty and Susan are her way to church. Uh, continue to pray for all those listening in our bulletin and our church family. If you look around and you miss somebody, give them a call. If you don't have their number, call the church office and we'll get it for you. Or Facebook message them or whatever it is. But just reach out to one another and encourage one another during this time. Amen? Amen. Um, Ron, we're going to pass those out in a few minutes. So uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn me this morning. And somebody's going to tell me, Pastor Bob, you preached this sermon last week. And sort of, kind of, but not really. As I began to prepare for today, I really felt the Holy Spirit direct me back to what I shared last week. It's going to be a little bit different, but there's going to be a lot of similarity to it as well. But there is going to be a little bit of difference in it. So if you got your Bibles in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm only going to read verse 1 today. When Solomon writes, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Read that with me, would you? To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. How many... You know, what's there a season for? Everything. What's there a purpose for? Everything under heaven. So God's got a time and a season for everything. Amen? I shared that God has an order and a plan to life. None of what we experience happens by circumstance, happenstance, accident, coincidence. Can I tell you, church, and you know, Christianity today in the Western world, we try to We have this temptation to take and pick and choose from other religions. Can I tell you today, there is no karma. There is no karma. Everything that happens in the world around us, God has a plan and a purpose. God's the one that's directing the affairs of our world. God's the one who's affecting the uh, directing the affairs of your life. There are no accidents. There are no yeah. There's auto accidents and people fall and things like that, but. Things don't happen by coincidence because God's got a plan and God's working everything. There's a plan to life. We don't live in this chaotic universe. God's ordered a time for everything in life. We live in an ordered universe, not a universe of chaos. That big bang theory where everything just exploded and happened. You know what? I wasn't there. 
But can I tell you, if there was an explosion and everything spun out the way it is, can I tell you who directed it? God did. God did because he's the one who's ordered. I mean, think about the seasons and, and the, the earth's rotation around the sun. And that is so accurate that, you know, it, they can predict the moon rise and moon set years from now. They can tell you what the tidal waves or the tide changes will be like at the beach when we go fishing in October. They can already tell you when high tide and low tide is going to be because God's put everything in order. The first point that I shared last week is that God's got it. Say that with me. God's got it. Ellen, I think you said that, didn't you? God's got this. God's got it. Whatever it is, God's got it. He's ordered a time for everything in life. God's got it. Say that with me again. God's got it. But that truth that God's got it there are two disturbing implications that, that makes in our lives, okay? Two disturbing implications that that truth presents in our lives. And this is what the first disturbing implication is, get ready for this. If you weren't here last week, we are not in control. So stop trying to control what you can't control. So we can sit here and say, God's in control. Okay, well, if God's in control, why didn't you do what he said to do? If God's in control, why are we stressing and fretting over these things going on in life? If God's got it, then we need to realize that we're not in control, so we've got to stop controlling. You know, I asked this question last week, and I'm going to do it again today, and I got the best response I've ever gotten from a question I've asked as a pastor in a sermon. How many of, you ever, how many of us want to be in control? Man, even more hands this week. Y'all are being truthful and honest, half of you were anyway. The other half of you just letting the control freaks run wild, and when they get tired, you'll take over, right? The second disturbing implication is that we need to realize nothing in this world is permanent. Nothing in this world is permanent. You know what? We build monuments and structures and churches, and, you know, none of this stuff's going to last. What's going to last is our spirit spending eternity in heaven with the Lord. Those are the things that are going to last. So what are you pouring your energies and your life into? So God's got it. The second point that I've shared and want to share this week again, God has got it even when I don't understand. Read that with me. God's got it even when I do not understand. You know what? There's a lot of stuff that happens in the world that I don't understand why it happens. But I know this, God's got it. My lack of understanding does not limit God's ability to be in control and to rule and reign. We cannot understand what God's up to from beginning to end because we can't see the big picture that God sees. We can't discern his plans and his patterns. Isaiah writes that God's plans are high, God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You know what? When we try to, when we get frustrated because we can't understand it, we're, we're trying to be God. And that's not what he's called us to do. He's called us to understand that he's got it. Remember, God's got it. And life is unfolding according to God's plan. Wow. Life is unfolding according to God's plan. Life is leading somewhere in life without God has no meaning or significance. You know, I'm sorry, but when we sing songs like we did this morning about God's faithfulness, I can't help but think back to a little over two years ago when Sherry went home to be with Jesus. I don't understand why that happened. 
There's a lot of funerals I preached in 40 years of ministry that I don't understand why they happen. I've seen families fall apart. I've seen God restore families. And I, I don't understand why those things happen the way they do. But this I know. God's got a plan. And my life unfolds according to his purposes and his plans. Even when I don't understand, God is still at work. Amen? Amen. So remember, the next time you get to a point where you say, God, I don't understand, just trust God's got it. Even though I don't understand, God's got it. You know what? I don't understand the workings of an automobile engine. I know how to put oil in or check the oil or put oil in. I've had to do that a few times. Especially my first car, that 69 Ford Galaxy 500, it drank everything liquid. I mean, antifreeze and oil and brake fluid and transmission fluid. If it was fluid, it leaked. But when that 351 four barrel opened up, the car would cruise and the gas needle. Of course, back then, for you younger ones, gas was only 50 cents a gallon back then, so you could afford to put the pedal to the metal. I don't understand how a, an automobile engine works. But you know what? I got one sitting right out here on the side of the building. When I get ready to go home, I'm going to push a button, put my foot on the brake, push a button, and I know that thing's going to crank. Even though I don't understand how it works, I know it's going to work. And that's the way it is with God. Even though we don't understand what God's doing, we got to know that God's at work. The third thing that I want to share today is that God has got it. So I need to relax and rest in him. God's got it, so I just need to chill. Look at somebody say, you just need to chill out because God's got it. God's got it, so I need to relax and rest in him. You know, for me, that's about walking by faith, trusting and obeying. You know what? I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't even know what this afternoon holds. You know what? I, I like to watch the weather forecast. And you know what? The weather forecast changes every hour. You know, this, that, the other's going to happen. And, you know, they talked about how bad the weather was going to be here on Friday. And we all got kind of anxious, thinking it's going to be a repeat of Tuesday. And, you know, Friday, in my opinion, was like a, you know, what is it? March comes in like a lion, goes out like a lion. I mean, or lamb and lion, however it goes. But, but Friday's storm was like a lamb compared to Tuesday's storm. But, you know, there were all these things. And then social media just hypes it up. You know what? If you ain't got your bread and milk yet, you better go to the grocery store this afternoon because they're predicting snow flurries for tomorrow. So I can guarantee you right now there are people at Food Lion and Harris Teeter and Crow, whatever the stores are, and they're buying the milk and bread. So I went yesterday and got mine. Okay? I've just restarted drinking milk in the last couple of months. I mean, really. Really. I went years out drinking milk, and I drink milk. I'm thinking, man, that stuff's pretty good. I got my milk and bread. Mr. Cable guy, make sure my cable stays on if it comes to blizzard, so, you know. But God's got it, so I need to rest and relax in him. Relaxing and resting in God is trusting him. I mean, it's like getting in your car and you know it's going to start. Or like laying down in your bed or sitting in your recliner knowing it's not going to collapse to the floor. We can rest in God. We can take refuge and safety in him. And then the last point that I want to share with you this morning is that God's got it. And here Ellen preached this for me too. God's got it and expects me to stand firm. God's got it so expects me to stand firm, to stay with it, not to give up. Often we don't feel like God's got it when life doesn't go the way we plan for it to go. But stick with it, stay with it, don't give up and don't give in. I can rest assured that as you guys are recuperating from that horrific accident, you didn't understand why you went through, you didn't understand what was going on, 
but you committed to stand firm. You weren't going to be shaken. And you know what? All of our faith gets shaken. All of us go through times where we're like, am I going to be able to keep doing this? Just hold on. Hang on, baby, because Jesus has got you. He's the one who's going to make sure you see it through. So stand firm. Stay with it. Because God's got it, we can stand firm in him. Not in our own strength, but on him. Amen? Amen. Those who think I repeated a sermon from last week, it was quicker this week. But I really did. I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to reinforce those truths to us at this time. As Angel said, we're starting a new year. We're starting a new season. God's doing a new thing in us. So God's got it. And since God's got it, even when I don't understand, God's still got it. And he's got it. And I need to relax and rest in him. And he's got it. And he expects me to stand firm. And I can stand firm in him. Amen? Amen. If you guys could pass those packets out, please. This is a pretty simple packet. I'm not going to take time to go through everything. But as soon as you can get it, you can go ahead and open it. Because I don't know if I can not talk. Uh, waiting on everybody to get them because I want to make good use of the time this morning. But just uh, a quick summary. On the first page, share a little bit about vision and what vision is and what God's called us as a church. Our uh, purpose statement as a church, World Hope exists to love God, to love people, to serve our community and impact our world with the hope of Jesus Christ. Notice we didn't say the world, but our world. Each one of us live in a different world. We all live in the same, on the same globe, but we all, all of our worlds look a little bit different. And God's called us to touch our, our world with the love, the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. Our ministry values are listed there. Worship, family, missions, gift-oriented ministry, discipleship, love, being Holy Spirit-led and empowered, and, and God's Word. So you can take time to read through that while I'm talking or while your council members are talking or hopefully when you get home. But those are some of the things that we're about as a church on the uh, other side of that flap is our 2024 missions commitments and ministry information. These are the ministries that our council's committed to and we've budgeted for and we've committed to serve. The local ministries have stayed the same. The Pregnancy Support Center, Nazareth Children's Home, Rowan Helping Ministries. If you're not familiar with Rowan Helping Ministries, they do a phenomenal job of ministering to our community. In fact, we've got a couple of dates, I think in February, and in April, I think it is, Marissa and Angel, where we're going to be serving lunch at the soup kitchen on Sunday, which means that some of you are going to miss church. Y'all going to have church over there. Are you going to miss hearing me preach while you go over there and prepare food? But Angel, Marissa and Angel will be heading that up. So there'll be more information coming out. You guys remember the February date? February 14th? 13th? The second Sunday? Okay. So it's going to be an opportunity. And it's been a while. We haven't been there since pre-COVID, but we used to go there frequently and uh, minister. Uh, Rowan Helping Ministries, they run the homeless shelter, and anyone in the shelter gets three meals a day. At lunch, they open it up to anyone in the community can come and eat lunch. And I know I've served there before, and we've served over 200 people coming through. And I don't know what it'll be like in February, but it's an opportunity for you. Even if you don't go cook, you can help provide the food and other things. So it's an opportunity for our church to minister to the community. And it's, it's been a few years since we've been there. Um, Hurley Elementary School, where Crystal's a resource officer. Um, Nina, who's not with us this morning, is a teacher there. You know, there's different things through the course of the year we do to partner with them. And then our global missions uh, that we support, uh, Foursquare Missions International, which uh, 
Foursquare Missions is in about 160 different nations, I think, around the world. Do a phenomenal job of raising up leaders. Uh, the Foursquare Missions Press, we've been supporting them every month for a while, but we're designating them this year. Foursquare Missions Press, uh, they produce gospel tracts, materials, and Bibles for other nations, and they ship it to missionaries and other nations free of charge. And some of them, they can't get the material in, but you know what they'll let in? is a mobile printing press. So they've distributed several mobile printing presses so that missionaries and national workers in other countries can produce materials there. So we're helping spread the gospel around the world as we support them. The Jim Foundation in Uganda, we've supported for several years. The Jim Foundation is a, a home for special needs children in Kampala, Uganda. There in Uganda and other nations as well, children that are born with disabilities are often abandoned in the streets. And so Joshua and Emma Quisenberry, who I've known since they were little kids, they grew up Foursquare Pastor kids, they've been there for several years and they're building and they're expanding and they're ministering. They've got a full medical facility there. So we partnered with them for several years. Life Pacific University is our Foursquare University. Uh, campus in Christiansburg, Virginia, satellite campus, campus in LA. So one I'm attending for my master's program and uh, we're not supporting them for me to get a tuition deferral or anything like that. But we want to partner with our denomination in training men and women for ministry. And then Pastor Dimitri, who spoke, I think, back in, the, in uh, November, Pastor Dimitri and his wife, Olga, are planning a Russian-speaking church in Charlotte. And we made a commitment to, to partner with them to help them raise their support. Because Dimitri, because of his immigration status from um, Belarus, cannot go out and get a job but he can work through the church under the covering that's been established uh, with, with the Internal Revenue Service and everything. So many of you met Pastor Dimitri, and God's doing a unique work. There are tens of thousands of Russian-speaking people in the Charlotte metropolitan area and very few ministry opportunities for them. Um, there's some ways of how you can help uh, share hope locally and globally listed there. And then on the back side, just for reference, is our financial budget. Um, in just a minute, um, several of our council members, well, in fact, uh, why don't you council members, the existing council members, go ahead and come on up. Your new ones, you got to wait for a minute because we've got to do a vote in just a minute. The existing council members, come on up. But on the back is our, uh, it's a recap of our 2023 expenses um, and then the 2024 projected budget. Now, I will tell you, these men and women know every penny that comes in and every penny that goes out. The only thing they don't know is who gives it because Michael's the only one who really knows that because we guard your contribution information with the strictest of confidentiality. But these men and women know every penny that comes and goes. And uh, this year in our budget, we had, uh, if I remember right, Michael, we had like a 25% overage on our income. Uh, we were we were doing really good. We were going to be about ten thousand dollars over budget on the income until the last week. We had two special gifts came in that totaled over thirty thousand dollars, and it really put us over. So when you look at that number, it wasn't a lack of faith. There were there were weeks and months that we prayed God to provide because things were looking tight, but God came through in a special way, and. Uh, We've got reserves, we're not struggling for money or anything like that, but we, we live within our means, and that's a commitment that we made 11 years ago, that we weren't going to spend money we didn't have. Charles has a saying that 11 years ago, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. 
But God's blessed us. We've got money in the bank. We've done tens of thousands of dollars worth of work, given away a couple hundred thousand dollars over the last decade uh, between Foursquare Admissions and Foursquare Tithe and Jamaica and other ministries. You know, this year it was unique that, remember Harvest Offering in November, we gave away almost $3,700, a little over $3,700. That was our offering for that week. Well, a month later, God blessed us with $33,000 above and beyond what we were expecting and anticipating. So God provides, amen? Amen. And you know, God's not on this thing where he matches our giving or anything like that, but God provides. I believe some of the ways that God provides is by keeping my tires from wearing out on my car, keeping appliances from breaking down in my home, keeping air conditioning units running that have been around here for 20 or 30 years. You know, God provides in a lot of ways when we do what we're supposed to do. So, you know, I said about the overage in the income, which was a blessing. Can I tell you, our expenses were 0.58%, a couple thousand dollars over what we had budgeted. And that, that's a very broad category because we've got this designated income column. And in that designated income column, you know, like when our men go fishing, our men pay to go fishing. And we bring back our fish and do a fish fry at the church. So we pay to catch the fish and they come and feed you. But we pay to go. So if we budget for five men to go and ten men to go, it costs more and those numbers get skewed. So for us to come 0.58% over on our budget... And all those things inclusive, I think Michael deserves props for that as our church administrator. So give, give, God, give Michael a big hand of appreciation, would you? Michael just says he pays the bills. These others make the decisions. But, but God's blessed us because we've committed to be good stewards, to, do, to be faithful to do what God's called us to do. So if you've got any questions, and these are the broad categories. Our budget is three pages long, Michael, two and a half pages long. So it's, everything is broken down. So, you know, if you want more detail, can I tell you the expert to talk to is Michael James. He'll tell you how much we spent on electric, how much we spent on gas, insurance, all those things. The only thing that we guard is contributions and, and, uh, and, and compensation. So, but even our personnel expense is broken down in there. So you see that personnel expense is not all mine. Deborah and Michael are part of that package. That's their social security, all those different things that go into that. But you can feel free to ask these men and women any questions. I'll tell you, the council may not be able to answer a specific question, but they'll talk to you about our finances, okay? And they, they believe me, they go over it. You know, as we kind of transition, if you've got any questions, feel free to ask them. But uh, our polity and our structure calls on our church council to oversee the fiduciary or the financial uh, aspects of our church ministry. And these men and women and Michael do a tremendous job doing that. And I appreciate you guys. Um, coming off the council this term, because again, our structure requires every council member commits to a two-year term. They can serve two consecutive two-year terms. And then our bylaws say they have to rotate off the council for at least a year. So some of these have been on and off in my 11-year, 10-years pastor. But coming off is Brent Miller. Brent, step up a step, if you would. Charles McClendon and Crystal Scott. And I just want to say a word to each one of you guys. First, I want to say thank you to all three of you because Charles and Crystal, you guys have served a four-year term. Brent has served a two-year term and was considering serving another, but because of some other circumstances, Brent came and said, can I be released? And we said, yes, because we want to honor God's direction in each one of our lives. But... Uh, 
You know, I was thinking about you guys, and I'm going to start with Brent. I love how you guys lined up, the, the three that are coming off together and the three that are staying on for. Uh, these guys have another year. Next year, they'll be coming off because they're, they're, they're moving into their fourth year. Carrie, she gets decided whether she's coming on or off, but she's, this is your first term, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're going into your second. Okay. Um, but Brent, when I think about you, you're the analyst. Brent takes our monthly reports and other things. He analyzes. He analyzes the data. He analyzes the motives. He analyzes the heart. And Brent, I just want to tell you as your pastor and friend, you know, you're laughing. But I appreciate that because I don't know if these other guys look at the financial reports. I know they don't look at them as closely as you do. I know they look at them. But nobody looks at them as close as you do. And I want to say to your pastor that I appreciate that because it holds us to the standard of accountability. So I never reject your analysis. I may not always agree with your analysis, but I appreciate your analysis because I know that you're looking with the heart of God. And I just want to say thank you for making sure that you're looking over the details and helping make sure we stay on the straight path. So thank you, Brent. Charles is this calming presence. You ever notice that about Charles? Charles remember, there, there was a TV show for a while, Charles in Charge, I think. Charles never comes in and tries to take charge, but Charles has this calming presence. His stature, his voice, his demeanor, his heart. Charles, in 11 years, there's been lots of times that you've been a calming influence, whether in council meetings, and we don't have contentious council meetings. I've never went home from a council meeting, felt like I'd been in a battle or fight or anything. Uh, we've, we've had wonderful council meetings. But Charles is this calming presence. But can I tell you a little secret about Charles? Sure. <laughs> Charles, Charles kind of makes sure that everything is taken care of. So unknown to you, you know, these doors have locks on them, just little passage locks. But Charles, once the service starts, Charles comes by and opens the door, reaches in, locks the door, and gently closes it. And that way it's our safety. Somebody's not going to come in the side door without making a little bit of noise. Well, you know, for a long time I was sitting over here on this side. There was one Sunday morning Charles reached his hand in. And I want to tell you, I was so tempted to reach out and grab Charles' hand. <laughs> I was so tempted that I laughed out loud in the middle of worship. And I told Charles about it later. So now when Charles opens the door, he opens. He looks to make sure I'm not close, and then he reaches in. <laughs> but Charles, you are a calming influence. And I say that with all due respect and appreciation. Crystal, Crystal's standing there thinking, what's he going to say about me? <laughs> you know, Crystal's the, the shortest one on the council. She's also the toughest because she's a deputy sheriff. And half the times in the council meeting, she comes straight from work in her patrol car and in her full uniform. And uh, she can be pretty intimidating. Where do you, uh, how tall are you, five feet? Five two. I mean, but she intimidates me. But you know, Crystal's kind of this tenacious, I don't mean to disrespect, but she's this tenacious pit bull. She doesn't let go. She's got this heart and this passion for our community. I want to tell you, this lady's a missionary to Rowan County. You guys provided, helped provide and raise Christmas for 56 kids, 60-some kids? Uh, we had, with uh, our project, 48, and then I had 14 more from somebody else. 62. 
You know, Crystal started this Operation Christmas Blessing a few years ago. And it's not just church-driven. I mean, she's got people from all over the community that's giving her money to provide Christmas for some of the neediest kids in our community that she's referred to through the social, through the social worker network at the school system and the law enforcement. So, Crystal, again, no disrespect, but you're that, you've got that tenacity that just all of you guys use those gifts to help keep us where we're supposed to be. Don, Chris, and Carrie, I don't have anything for y'all today. Um, we're going to do something a little different with our ratification. Usually we've done a paper ballot, but I talked to Michael and we feel like we're fully within the guidelines of our bylaws to do a membership or a, a voice vote to ratify and affirm our new council members. So if you're a member in just a minute, you're going to have the opportunity to say aye, that you approve or nay, that you disapprove. But uh, Jennifer Myers, come on up. Ron Totten and Lauren Alley, y'all come on up. These are our nominees for a new council. Again, our four-square structure, yeah. Our four-square structure lists the council as the nominating body for new council members. And what we do, Michael and I, and primarily Michael, prepares a list of those who are eligible for our council. And our bylaws aren't real specific about gifts or talents, but it does call on someone being a member in good standing, which means they're consistent in their attendance and they're consistent in their giving. So these men and women meet that criteria. They were asked to be a part of our council. They were nominated, and they said yes. So the last step for them and the last step for these guys getting off is for you to approve these. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I started to say something that may be perceived as manipulative, but... I'll go ahead and say it now. I started to say, if you disapprove, then that means you're volunteering to serve on the council. <laughs> we have had some multi-hour meetings once a month, but these men and women give up the third Tuesday evening of every week for anywhere from, we have had them as few as 30 minutes and sometimes as long as three or four hours. I want to recognize, before we do this, I want to recognize former council members that are here. If you're a former church council member at World Hope Stand, would you? Susie, Linda, check. Check was a former pat, former way back in the Stone Age, but Check, go ahead and stand. Because, you know what, with our church council, it's kind of a perpetual thing. You know what, Check was on the council here when this property was purchased and this building was built 30 plus years ago. We're standing on the shoulders of men and women like Check. Sherry, your dad, I'm sure in 65 years, your dad was probably on the council more than one time. Jesus may have him on the council in heaven now, I don't know, but I know your dad knew any other former council members? Tim? And before my time as well. But just say thank you to these men and women because they've served in the past, would you? And they helped prepare for where we are today. And, you know, we're all preparing for the future. So you guys have helped prepare for them, and you're going to help prepare for the next generation of council members. Amen? All those in favor of Ron, Jennifer, and Lauren being appointed to serve as our new church council members say aye. 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 All those opposed say aye. <laughs> so unanimous. That's why I decided to save the paper. What I'd like to do before I sit down, and then some of the council members are going to share, and then I'm going to come back up and conclude our service. But what I'd like for you all to do is gather around them, and let's pray over them as they begin their new ministry assignment. And as your pastor, I want to say thank you for being willing to serve. I want to say thank you to the six of you for serving and continuing to serve. And Michael, thank you for being diligent every day to take care of the finances and the stewardship and the administration of our church. So gather around them and let's pray, would you?
Lord Jesus, I thank you for Ron and for Jennifer and Lauren. And Lord, as we lay hands on them and pray over them today, Lord, God, I pray that you would bless them with wisdom, with understanding, with insight, Lord, with discernment, Lord, that they would be like the sons of Issachar. All of our council, all of our leaders be like the sons of Issachar and Chronicles, where they knew and understood the times and knew what God wanted them to do. Lord, may these men and women know and understand the times in which we live and know what we should do as a church. Lord, bless them, bless their families, Lord. Equip them to serve. Lord, give them... Uh, the ability to comprehend and to learn and to come up to speed. And Lord, for Charles and Brent and Crystal, Lord, thank you for their faithful service. Thank you for the time that they've given. Thank you for their sacrifices. Thank you for their commitment and their faithfulness. And Lord, for Don and Chris and Carrie, Lord, continue to bless them as they continue to serve. And Lord, continue to bless our church family as we seek to honor you and serve you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. You guys kind of drop back in line. I'm asking all the council to stay up. I'm not sure who's sharing first, but uh, Daniel, we've got Mike 3, and I think it's still on. I'm gonna, Don asked to be first so he could be short and sweet. And, uh, but you know what? I've asked them to share what God has spoken to their heart. So I've told them, and I want to tell you, if you hear something that sounds repetitious, I think uh, several times in Scripture it talks about uh, there being affirmation of the voice of more than one witness. So if you hear somebody say, well, everybody said that, then maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking something consistent. So if you hear something that sounds repetitive, and even you guys, if you're thinking, well, Don said what I was going to say, go ahead and say it again because I've asked you to share what you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. I don't know if all of them are sharing or not, but if we go past lunchtime, it's their fault, not mine, all right? Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I wanted to be first so I could get it over with because I don't like talking in front of people. But anyway, um, when Pastor Bob asked us, he said, what, what's the one word that, that the Lord has, you know, the, for you, for the church, for this year? And, um, and the one word that came to me is faith. I mean, we've talked about it a lot today already. Um, but uh, I told someone, you know, uh, the word I was going to share that, that God's given me is faith. And they said, well... You need to expound on that a little bit. And it's like, well, that's all I got. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, uh, several years ago um, at a council meeting, our financial situation was really bad. And um, we were talking about budget. And, and I, I made a comment, we need to, we need to have faith. You know, you budget according to what comes in, but you need to have faith, yeah. it, you know, for what's going to come. Um, and I believe that's what God wants us to do. And that's what we did, and it worked out. Um, and as Pastor Bob said, you know, uh, recently we had a meeting. We were talking about uh, budget, and there were some tough decisions that needed to be made. And and we made them on faith. And within the next few weeks, uh, we had a very generous donation come in. And um, so uh, that's, that's what I have. That's the word God gives me is faith. I'll go second, man. All right. Hello, everyone. What the Lord's been dealing with me for um, 
I don't know, a couple weeks now, Pamela and I had a chance to connect with a couple that has God has used to pour into our lives many times in many different ways. So, you know, after we, as we dined, fed our bodies, talked about family and talked about church and talked about God, nearing the end of our time, Carl said, these are exciting times to be the church. And I was like, well, I thought an awful lot about that for the past several weeks. Because in my mind, or after processing and analyzing what he has shared, is that you look around, you watch the news and all that, and I mean, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here, but I mean, there's a certain part of me that says, all right, I got to hunker down. I got to circle the camp here a little bit. No. What Carl shared about just, and I'm not just talking me, and I'm not talking this church body. I'm not talking the United States of America. I'm talking around the world. These are and should be exciting times to be God's children and, do, and doing his work. Because he's got a plan. And it's going to be fulfilled. I guess the decision I have to make and we have to make, are we going to be a part of it or not? So I don't want to be a hog of time. But that's what the Lord has dealt with me for two or three weeks now. And I pray that he'll continue to do that. So thank you. I wasn't originally going to speak because for some reason my mind was completely blocked and nothing was coming in and I took that as a voice from God because usually I'm like, yeah, let me speak. I'm up here. I'm good. But I want to tie together what Don said and what Charles said because in order to face the changes in the world, that because the world's going to be rocked on its head this year. I really do think so. And in order to be prepared for that, we need to have faith that in it all, he's overseeing it. So there are going to be times where our, our faith is going to be, we're going to question it. Where is God in this? And we have to sit back and say, he's got this. And that is a profession of our faith, to sit back and to discern everything going on in the world around us, because there's going to be a lot thrown at us, so much thrown at us. This is, that's what I'm getting this year is, so much change all over the world, here in Salisbury, all over the world. And our faith needs to be something that cannot be shaken. Don't, don't give up on your miracle. Yeah. Are you waiting? Have you been waiting for a miracle? Your miracle that God has promised to you? For your healing, some of you still waiting on your healing. Still coming. Don't give up. It's still coming. Some of you, John 5 talks about the, the man that was a, a paraplegic for 38 years. He'd been going down to the pool looking for his miracle. Now, if he would have given up, Pastor Bob... 
and not gone to the pool that day when Jesus walked by, he would have missed it. So don't give up. The, the paraplegic told Jesus when Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? He said, well, I've been coming down here and whenever the water's stirred, people get in front of me. I can't get down there. There's nobody to help me. He watched other people take his miracle. Don't give up. There's going to be people come through these doors for a miracle. Don't give up. If you haven't got yours and they get theirs, don't give up on yours. It's coming. Have faith because it's coming. This church body may stay the same size, but you're going to minister to thousands through these doors out there. In here, they're going to come for a miracle because they don't know anything else. And you're going to help them. Don't give up on yours when they get theirs. It's coming. I kind of feel somewhat like um, maybe Bob does on sun, sun, Sundays when, uh, and when Angel says that we have seasons coming and Bob's getting ready to speak about the different seasons in our lives and, the, and you have prepared your sermon. Um, and then you feel like, well, that's what I was going to talk on. But I think, you, like you said, that's the way God um, does. He, he reiterates everything that he brings out that it's confirmation that everybody up here is saying the same thing. Um, one of my words was preparedness. Um, we're getting ready to have families, 230 homes, I believe it is, which was going to be like, if, if a family's four, that's 920 people on our doorsteps. How many churches have that opportunity right outside their door to be able to bring them in and, and to be there for them and be prepared? So I'm not saying that we need to only be prepared as a church, but I think in our own lives, we need to prepare first ourselves, get ourselves right so that we know what we need to do when those that are coming in are hurting and are are, and are lost and they don't have the hope that we are talking about. Our, our church word is on our word, the hope of our church, World Hope Worship Center. So we are going to be here as a light for the world, but also for our community right here. And Ron was also talking to another community right down the road. And it's not about the numbers in our church, how big our church gets. It's about how we can touch our community and those out here. And I think Don had said he had the word he had was faith. And the other word I had was hope, and it is because of our, our church name. And I thought that that was a, a really good um, thing for the hope of the world. And when I began to look at hope, it's not just wishing like Christmas. So I hope I get something for Christmas. The, the hope that God's talking about has already been done. Yeah. Our, our hope has already been completed. It's in the future. And the faith that you were talking about when I went, when, when I was looking at it, the faith is more, it's already been taken care of. God prepared that. So our faith is in our hope, but our hope is also in our faith. So I'm really looking forward to what God's going to do this year in 2024. Thank you.
So I wasn't planning because I'm like, I don't know. What is it, God? Anything? Quiet. Maybe that's it because I should be quiet. Right, Charles? <laughs> um, I will hum. Um, <laughs> but I'm up here and I'm like, you start to feel and sometimes you're like, that's the Holy Spirit. You've got to step out. So if you're in the seats and we're having worship or the pastor's praying or speaking and you're feeling this and you can come down to this altar, it's open at any time, any time. Um, but Angel, you said renewed, renewal, and that's what I've been feeling since Christmas time, December, feeling like there's a renewal. I need to be renewed. And as Christians, we need to be renewed in Christ daily so that to have the faith, to have the hope, to have the trust, to get prepared, to step out there and do what we need to do, we've got to be renewed daily. Um, Because if not, then we don't have that source. And we can't do this on our own. And, And another thing that has been on my heart and apparently since July because I found a note in my Bible um, but it is get your house in order spiritually could be physically um, and it's even in your house what's in your house it doesn't need to be in your house Um, so I, I think all of that ties into play as get our house in order we as children of God and then we as a family of world hope if we unite and we step into this and we, yes, we're going to renew ourselves daily, the exciting times that in church is going to take place with a rocky year that's probably coming, it's going to be exciting. So, and it's a mindset shift to be renewed in Christ. So, let's just, it's one thing is world hope as we talk about with the council is that we have to be united because we are. Like you said that about um, Mr. Check back there, and I was like, oh, that is. He's part of the history, and we're here because of the leadership that has helped lead the way, and it's continued and continued, and then Susie and others. And so now here we are, but we don't want to just be united. We want this whole place to be united. So that's not just in here on Sunday. That's as a child of God daily at home in the times that people don't see us so we love you you guys know I hate to speak but um, I've been in our last leaders meeting I spoke on it came to my heart about our um, anointing and the Holy Spirit movement in our church so um my word that I have for today, along with what they've had, because that's been with me a lot, but fresh anointing, a fresh renewing of the Holy Spirit upon our people so our children can see what, what it's like in the movement and just allowing him to move. That's all. Hi. Yes. No, I'm not. So I had actually asked to speak um, before we were offered to speak, so I may be on a different track than everybody else, and I apologize if it seems weird. But um, So January this year marks seven years I've been in the church, and um, with everything that we've been talking about in council and then the opportunity to speak, 
um, I think what kind of direction I was thinking, it's, it's brought back to the same place every time, and that's home. When I stepped foot in here seven years ago, I thought I was just visiting a church with a friend. I didn't know at that moment until probably I got ready to walk out the door that this was my home. Um, there, being on church council, being able to um, provide in the community, that's not something I would ever have imagined that me, would, I would be able to do that and have the support. Um, I came in, into this place completely broken. I was going through things with my previous marriage, with my job at the time that were, I didn't know, and to be honest, <clears throat> I probably never said it in front of everybody here, but I didn't know if suicide may be the way to put it into it. But I was brought into World Hope at the right moment with the right people. Um, and for, for everybody here to be involved in my life and to make sure that, that I'm learning and growing and for Pastor Bob and Pastor Sherry to support us just in everything that we do, um, that's, I guess, what we talked about, the vision for the church moving forward. That would be what I feel like our vision should be, is to make this place home for anybody who walks through the doors. Um, I think that's really all I've got today. If you give that to Brent, Brent, if you'll take that microphone with you. Thank you. Yeah, unless you want to say something else. Are you going to say something, Brent? Thank you guys, Brent and Charles. Thanks. Appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Love you, brother. You know, I think we had some preachers up here. What do you think? You know, every one of you shared something valuable and important, and I just want to say thank you. I felt like it was important for you to hear from our church leaders their heart and their expectation. Um, you know, God spoke a word to my heart several years ago, right after we came here, that we would be a place of healing because of the healing that God had done here. If you were here 11 years ago, things were a train wreck. When my district supervisor asked me to come here, his words were, Bob, I don't know what's going to happen in that church. It might implode, but I want you to go there. Well, you know what? We didn't implode. We didn't explode, but we hadn't imploded either. God brought about a healing, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, because of the healing that's been experienced there, World Hope will be a place of healing. And there's a, there's a song out. In fact, it was playing yesterday. Um, and I can't remember the name of the song or the singer, but it says a church should be like a hospital. When you think about a hospital, people check in when they're sick. They check out when they get well. You know, we've sent people to other places. Jay and B.B. Pinto shared their testimony a couple of years ago before they left. Beautiful family, part of our leadership team, Jay and B.B. We just gotten into the Foursquare licensing process. And Walmart came and recruited them and doubled his salary to move to Arkansas to, to work for them. And with five boys, Jay needed his salary doubled. But, you know, they stood up, stood up and shared the testimony, how they didn't know if their marriage was going to survive. God brought them to World Hope and God brought healing. You know what? We sent them to Arkansas because they got healed. We've had other, people's that have, that other people that have told me that, uh, my watch telling me I'm off to a good start with my physical exertion today or exercise. But uh, they've come to me and said, you know, when they've missed it a little while, I've come and say, hey, I've been missing you. And you know what I've been told more than once is, 
We came to World Hope. We got the healing we needed. Now we've moved back, made some cases back to the church they'd come from where they'd gotten broken. They went back home and were a testimony of God's healing. So just bear that in mind. God's working in our hearts and lives. Amen? Amen. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Three years ago, Sherry and I began conversing about God's timing for our ministry here at World Hope. We were beginning to sense that our season at World Hope would be complete in a few years. And we began a conversation about what a three to four year transition plan might look like. Then we got sick with COVID and here we are three years into that three to four year time frame. Several months ago, I began a process of communication with our Foursquare leadership. And in November, I informed our church council and uh, our district leadership of my intention to resign and transition as pastor from World Hope Worship Center in 2024. Today, I'm sharing with you that in the coming weeks or months, I will be concluding my assignment as your pastor. God's been retooling and reshaping my life during the last two years, and I'll be pursuing ministry with those who are walking through grief and possibly serving as a chaplain with an organization that ministers to those grieving and their families. There's much uncertainty and many unknowns as I take the step of faith in following God's call on my life. Making this decision has been a journey that started before Sherry's death. We came to World Hope 11 years ago because God called us here. And the only reason I'm going to be leaving is because God has said that my work here is drawing to a close and it'll soon be time for me to move forward. This decision has been caused, brought by men through many tears and there will be many more to come. There's no problem, there's no issue, there's no conflict, there's no promise of a bigger ministry assignment. God's called me to be a rebuilder and a restorer, and I've been privileged to be a part of God's work to bring about healing and restoration here at World Hope. And again, if you were here 11 years ago, you understand. Through these 11 years, it's been an honor and privilege to serve as your pastor. We've grown to love one another, and God has used us to make a difference in our world. A few mornings ago, I was awake very early, and it was a calm and peaceful time as I lay in my bed reflecting on the many blessings of God during these 11 years. In my mind, I began to look around the sanctuary, and some of you really messed me up today because some of you are sitting in chairs today that you've never sat in before. (laughs) You know who you are, Tim and Betty, Jimmy and Deborah. Pam and Charles, yeah, I mean, Pamela, it's the first time, I think in 11 years, I hadn't seen Pamela on the platform leading worship and then sitting on the front row. So yeah, some of you really messing with me today. But that morning as I began, I began on this side and I began seeing your faces as I was praying through and saw different ones sitting in different seats. As I got to different places and saw different faces, I, I remember different stories. And Crystal, when I got to that seat right back there, I remember you walking into this place in a broken state, and how God brought healing and restoration in a beautiful way in your life. In more ways than many of us probably ever know. I think Teddy's doing safety this morning. I I know he was here earlier. You know, I got to where Teddy and Trisha sat, and Trisha's not here with us today because of her, her sickness and dealing with Parkinson's. But you know what? We bought our house and moved here nine years ago. Trisha got a group of ladies together to clean our house. Trisha was going through cancer treatments, going through chemotherapy, had lost all her hair. I brought a load of stuff in and went into the house to see how things were going. And there was Trisha Lester sitting on the floor, mopping my floors, 
on her hands and knees. And I think about how God brought her through those sickness and brought healing. And others of you, I can see that, I mean, Michael and Bonnie, I mean, when I came here, Michael hadn't been but a couple of years since Myra's death. Bonnie was attending another church with her husband, David, but four years ago, Michael came to me and said, you know, I'm, Bonnie and I are going, we're, we're seeing one another. And then he came in the next day and said, we're going to get married. And I said, you're going to keep working here, right? And then the next day he came in and said, what are you and Pastor Sherry doing Sunday? We're getting married because COVID was setting in and they accelerated their plans. But I see the healing that God's taken, done in, in our lives and in our church, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. As I looked through the congregations, I prayed through, I thought about your story and my story and how our stories have become a testimony of God's healing grace. We've heard testimonies through the years of how God has used us to be a place of healing. Over the last two plus years, I've been the one. I've been one of those who have experienced God's healing at World Hope. You've walked with me through the valley of the shadow of death. When Sherry got sick and after her death, you told me to take care of myself and my family, that you had the church, and you did. You've listened to me cry and grieve and stood by my side, at times even holding me up. You'll never know the blessing that you've been to me through these 11 years, but especially these last two years. I know there will be many questions to come. Our council has already been engaged with our district leadership and had a lengthy meeting in December with them. I don't know when my last Sunday will be, but as soon as that's established, it'll be communicated. But I wanted to share with you now so that from this time forward, we can prepare for the next season that God has for World Hope. Carrie said, prepare your house, get it in order. In a few weeks, we're going to have a church work day on a Saturday because we've got some closets that need to be cleaned out because I'm not going to leave that mess for the next pastor. So Carrie, I expect you to help recruit people to come help prepare the house that day. But from this point forward, everything goes, can I tell you this, folks, we're all only interim in whatever it is that we do. None of us are going to be permanent. Oh, you'd like to think nothing's ever going to change, but it changes every day because God's got a season. Amen. Amen. I know that there are many emotions and thoughts going through our minds today, but please hear this. You've allowed me to be your pastor. District supervisor appointing a pastor to be a pastor doesn't mean you allow that person. You've allowed me to be your pastor. You've given me permission to be your pastor, and that's a trust that I will always respect and honor. I've loved you, and you've loved me, but can I tell you, God loves you more than I could ever love you. You belong to God, and this is God's church, and you are his people. This is the place that God has called you to, he didn't call you to follow me. He called you to follow Jesus, the great shepherd. You're here because God planted you here. And I want to challenge you to remain committed to Jesus, to your World Hope family, and continue to work diligently, diligently to make World Hope all that God has called and chose us to be. I've always been taught that the greatest tribute to a pastor is what happens when he or she leaves. My prayer and belief is that World Hope goes beyond anything we've ever experienced in our 75-year history. I believe with all my heart that the best is yet to come. I believe that with all of my heart. The best is yet to come. I want to be careful not saying things because I don't want to get too emotional. But I love you and I know you've loved me. And I know some of you today may feel betrayed, disappointed, or whatever. Take it up with God, because my life goal has been to do what God calls me to do. 
And thus far, I can look back and I can say, God, you've directed my steps. And God's direction and his directing my steps has been evident like we sang this morning. There's evidence that I can sit down with you and I can show you. So I will always love you. There will always be a special place in my heart for world hope. I want to pray. And then I want to read two scriptures this morning that are blessings from one from Ephesians and uh, the other from Romans. And as I pray, I've asked our council, uh, several of them, if they would go to the lobby to greet you as you leave. I'm going to stay down front. If you want to come talk to me, I'm going to be down front. But I'm not there going to make the mistake I've done before and make this announcement and greet you at the door because that's not fair to you or me. But could you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, I thank you for the privilege to be a part of your incredible family, this global, as Charles shared, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this family of God. But Lord, I thank you for allowing me to be a part of this family at World Hope Worship Center. Lord, I thank you for the love that we share. I thank you for the, <laughs> the difficult roads that we've walked. Lord, I thank you for the times of celebration and joy. Lord, I thank you for the good things and the difficult things because all those things together have helped shape us into who we are today. And Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that all of us would see and recognize your hand at work because, Lord, the best is yet to come because you're not through with us yet. But I know we've got the promise of heaven, but Jesus, you promised life abundantly here in this world. And Lord, I believe with all of my heart, the best is yet to come for each one of us as individual, for each one of us as families. Lord, for us as a church, the best is yet to come. And Lord, help us to take the words that we've heard shared today that have affirmed, Lord, your calling, your purpose, Lord, that today's a new season, Lord, that we're entering a new season, but Lord, you've got it all. You've got us, Lord. This is your church. We're your people. And Lord, you love us and care for us more than anybody else ever could. And Lord, let us continue to see the evidence of your faithfulness at work in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21, Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. And then our World Hope theme verse, Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Stand with me this morning, would you? As always, I love you. I appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissed.